you need even further clarification, let The Rock tell you in Chinese. We are in control now. Ding dong. Hello? Yes, y'all Late night transmission before we get raw. It's Hacker Hameen from the Missile Silo. I had to program the AI to bring my jet personally right to me as we take the strike. The guns are loaded. We'll see if Adam Revolver makes it here. The OVW Netflix Breakdown. ChannelAttitude.com. The Monday Locker Room. Oh, what's good, gang? What's good out there, man? Uh, what a another crazy Monday to kick things off, and um, I'm glad to be here with you because I've had all I've I've been through all the emotions this weekend from the conspiracy against Blaze Haram and myself, uh, the immortal management. Once again, you want to know how deep the conspiracy runs? Oh, there just happens to be two CW management and office guys backstage at Immortal. Oh, and then. They all have to collude against me after it wasn't enough for my world championship, but they had to come for the tag team titles as well. Well, they know the worst Hameen is a Hameen bent on revenge, and I might just burn everybody's goddamn face off for fun. So uh, we'll, we'll get to all that this week as we plot and uh, put some new targets in the crosshairs. Uh, definitely uh, excited for tonight's show. Hopefully my buddy shows up here, man. Now we were going to run it this morning and I had to meet with lawyers online uh, for the cannabis stuff. And then things just uh, went crazy. Got with Stevie Richards and did uh, a, a great uh, Smackdown Live. Very heated about a lot of things. <laughs> you know, more opportunity, money left on the table. It's uh 10% minimum business. I just, uh, I hate to see it when we could do so much more. And Stevie and I have some punch-ups there for SmackDown Live on the Russo brand. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow with the Raw Review, which you got to go over to Referee Sideburns Abode and uh, and do that. So we're punching in and punching out real quick here. And I know uh, if my guest uh, does make it on, he doesn't watch any WWE because he's always working on OVW most of the time. So if he hears about it, it's second or third hand. <laughs> That's just how power's always been. But uh, hopefully hopefully he'll make it with us. But uh, if not, the Hameen Media Group faithful are filling up the chat room here live. Ben Hameen YouTube channel. Had some great, huge bitch years uh, this this past week, and I appreciate that. And the super stickers and, you know, to keep the lights on, it's necessary because the Vimeo bill's coming due. I got that nice little email today for October 14th. Hey, don't forget we're about to, to drill your uh, bank account once again. Oh, thanks, pal. Appreciate that. Uh, can't get enough of it. We love it. Uh, so, y'all, uh, man, all of our supporters, you guys have been so great with Channel Attitude. It's such a great price and stuff that I owe you on Patreon or wherever it is, man. But uh, it doesn't matter because uh, we're all connecting. And if, they, if you can't afford it for whatever reason, I know back to school and all that shit is crazy, man. And Christmas is right around the corner. So, uh, you know. Or you're nuts for winter. I feel you. Uh, but y'all, uh, 25 strong already hanging and banging here. And uh, we'll see if, if Revolver makes it or not, you guys. But, yeah, I wasn't even there. Uh, this is how out of it I am as a conspiracy horseman. I almost uh, 
question myself this i'm i'm just now today getting the picture of this jet uh, allegedly that ejected its own pilot and it's human and ai connected uh what is it an f-35 somebody correct me in the chat if i'm wrong i mean this is just technology that's probably alien to be honest with you the, how they move and now we finally uh engineered it in in conjunction with uh yeah f-35 so 80 million dollars a piece you know sign me up for a couple of them why not and uh allegedly uh you know is <laughs> my source being twitter feeds so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt uh ejected the pilot and uh, nobody knew where it was and there's word that it landed in havana and that or you know that China, China possibly hacked it. I mean, pick, pick your propaganda poison of who it is, of what you want to do, you know? So very interesting story that I'm sure will eat up the news feed. And while that's going on, what will they do behind the scenes to pass whatever they want? It's going to be uh, crazy, crazy uh, end of summer here. And that was the craziest summer ever. So uh, everything, man. And uh, in that in that realm is too scary to almost think about while I'm sweating over a uh, weed store stuff but to each their own you know i'm glad i don't have to deal with a missing f-35 nuclear uh, airplane today <laughs> and i hope you didn't have to either so uh because they are frustrating if you've ever dealt with one they they can be stubborn uh at least uh but yeah let's get to a little bit uh, of news i see uh well, first, uh, give a shout-out to the chat. Pretty Tired's here. I'm with you on that one. Frank's Pickle Barrel asked my man, Charles the Hammer Evans, producer of the year, MSG, and uh, master thespian actors in the house as well, Paul F. Uh, up in here. Double A Andresen uh, is hanging out over on the Twitch side. A lot of people on the YouTube side. Revamped Wrestling. Yo, Jimbo, my man, Paul the Shooter from Syracuse. Uh, Giants went over yesterday. That almost gave me a massive heart attack, too. Uh, our own William Alicia, uh, the, the main moderator and operator and insider over there at Hameen Media Discussion. Grope. Grope. And Javi Uchiha, Uchi Bang Bang's here, too. So I appreciate you guys hanging out. All my friends, Romper, Stomper, Bomper, Boo, here in uh, HMG Monday Locker Room, you guys. Uh, and I even wore the old school, man, fucking this shirt I was looking at. I, and I got the Cody shirt, the one before this, I'm sure. Charles Evans got the one before this too. I don't know if he's got this one or not, uh, but this this shirt alone is uh, 15 years old, man. That that'll really date you quick when you look back through your T-shirt collection, won't it? Of uh, the places we've been and the the small pieces of cloth we hang on to to invoke those memories. Uh, it's crazy how it can do it. So, uh, but y'all, uh, man. Uh, let's see here. See if Revolver's hitting me up. I can't get the link to work or something, you know. Nope, that's Jay. Let's just call Revolver on uh, chat and be like, dude, missing the spot? Got big heat. Mm, 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 mm. Tick tock, tick tock. Oh, it doesn't want to bring him up, so just give me the old, where are you at, bro? <laughs> but you know where we're at in the Monday locker room. Where are you at, Revolver? Where are you at, Power? I would never call him Revolver. Never. Um, man, uh, not not a lot on the sheets. Uh, I really cut a big promo on the miss of uh, not promoting The Rock uh, the right way and getting max value to get over guys like Theory or Grayson Waller and 
Uh, I was I was heated, but I think I was just taking my anger and frustration out uh, from other business ventures in that, and it, it manifested itself that way. What are you going to do? I'm only a psychopathic human who uh, is ready to destroy the planet. Uh, but WWE has reportedly already started working on creative for Jade Cargill. Uh, interesting. It's been, uh, you know, people like, oh, speculating, is she going? Is she going? Looks like they're getting ready to do stuff, but um, is she going to NXT? Is she going to the main roster? Mm. Uh, as previously noted, I believe that Jade Cargill's AEW contract has expired as she is to be slated to uh, be at the Performance Center in Orlando this week during Wrestling Observer Radio. Meltzer Seltzer said uh, that had the latest details. He said, they've already started working on creative for her. I heard that yesterday when I was asking around about is she locked in, and she wasn't locked in, but they've been talking about her a lot it's not like this is just some minor thing to them it's a big thing to them she'll get a focal push because of the money that it takes to get her you have to give her a chance to get over because they're not paying what they would a normal person to start there it's not like charlotte flair money or anything like that or becky lynch money but for a newcomer to the company it's much higher than they usually go so she got a good deal <clears throat> and they're talking about her in a lot more than they would talk about somebody they brought up from nxt so she ain't going to be tegan knox or somebody who's brought up or candice LeRae. That's just kind of brought up in there. Yeah, Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae. I mean, what are they doing? We I mean, we have nothing. It'll be interesting to see if Creative has nothing for them soon enough. Although both of those girls would be good feeder to get Jade Cargill over. So uh, it says, I got the impression it was a main roster just because of the expense of bringing her in. They could put her in NXT for a little while before bringing her up to the main roster. In a sense, that would make sense, but then you've got to justify the money. I could see them putting her in NXT for a short period of time, but my impression is the, the creative they were talking about was not NXT creative, so they have uh, plans for her. I mean, yeah, here's the thing. You can't go from picking Tony Khan's pockets then back to WWE and take a developmental deal. And the reality is... She needs developmental. Uh, the last matches she's had, I mean, let's make no bones about it. She's an absolutely thoroughbred human being, you know, uh, engineered uh, athlete and, and has the looks and the charisma on the mic. Um, but even her mic work needs a lot of lot more reps. As she's an athlete. This isn't uh, to insult anybody. You know it's 10,000-hour rule. How many hours does she have in the promos? Not nearly as much as she has into the athleticism side. Then the last couple of matches really exposed that with Taya Valkyrie and her, and um, I think it was Tony Storm and her had kind of had a rough one too. And I think both of those girls can work pretty well. And sometimes you're going to go on a bad streak. I'm not saying I, I haven't had that as well. Every wrestler kind of has, but um, you know that that uh, developmental is really where she needs to be because. They protected her with a Goldberg run, which was fine. But when it came time to really have to pull 10 to 12 minutes, well, then we see some holes in the game, right? And she should want to be at the top of the game because her and Charlotte Flair's got huge box office written all over it. Her and Bianca Belair together or turning on her has got to be it, you know? And I got to believe if there's all this talk of her coming in, I would want Bianca Belair to try and coach her and get her over um, but I don't know if they'll do that or not, you know, and if they're not going to do that, well, then if you're Bianca Belair in kicks wrestling paranoia of, Hey, I'm the athletic, uh, track star kind of girl here. And now in comes Jade 
and she not that Bianca looks bad at all. Don't get me wrong. She's she's been on the uh, climate change expert panel for a, a, a couple times uh, around, you know, uh, taking that B12 and advice. And she's jacked and she's super athletic. But all they've really done is door knock her earrings and slap your ass. Right. And she's she's so much more than that. We've laid that out here. Now, here comes Jade Cargill, an even more stepped up version of what she is. So not to say they're, you know, Vince has his toys, right? And once he's done with that one and gets this one, who knows? Uh, I really don't like what they're doing with the Street Profits. They came out looking like butlers from the future or drum lines. I don't know what they were supposed to be this week. They have no idea, especially in a time when it's NFL. And that's the easiest thing to do is have those guys show up to the city you're in that's got an NFL team with their own version of the jerseys on, instant babyface pop, but they thought they were going to change them into some Wall Street fucking black dudes by putting them in, you know, high-end suits. Like, did did that even really get Lashley over? Not really. You know, you're really covering up what makes you special. Nobody's got a body like Lashley. Lashley should be walking around with his goddamn shirt off all the time. Instead, they're putting on suits just to act like we're on the show ballers. Okay, I get it. We want to have higher level black athletes instead of having them be stereotypes. Well, that lasted about two weeks. And now we're back. I'm waiting to form the, form the black student union step team and fucking, uh, you know, cha-cha down the aisle. Like, there's never any game plan or, or for success. They just want to make a change and then not follow through with anything. And again... 10% and Ford has got tons of money on him and Dawkins worked his ass off to get a lot better than he was when he first came to the main roster and it shows, but still doesn't mean we have a game plan for success. Oh, da, 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 da. do you think, uh, for Matt Schaffer, uh, you know, great co-host here. Um, he says, do you think that TK and AEW will try and capitalize the success of wrestlers and science movie W talent? That was interesting to me. And, uh, I, I wish Revolver would join us, but uh, if I'm, I might be getting kayfabed here, who knows? You know, I talked to him like three hours ago. Um, <laughs> but he's got kids, so shit can happen. Um, that's a great question, Matt. And what kind of sticks out if you haven't watched the whole OVW uh, seven-part series, uh, highly, absolutely, I command it really at this point. Um, there's a point where people do get booked for um, from – OVW, Matt Jones, the majority owner of it, uh, who is, uh, you know, an interesting character unto himself in that series, uh, a positive guy, but coming in as an outsider from wrestling, from mainstream media, uh, sports media, uh, it's tough to get in with the mafia. <laughs> Everybody uh, is weary of you, and he's kind of, you know, we say these words, the money mark, right? Um, and so is Tony. So, Matt Jones, though, has the major mainstream connections, and him and Tony text back and forth. Al Snow could get to Tony Khan anytime he wanted to, but is Al working that back and forth with him? Not really, because Al's focused on what Al wants to do at OVW, make OVW the best. And, yeah, OVW is the platform to get to a big money place, WWE or AEW, but Matt Jones is kind of the one that gets that set up, and when he does... Al, like like anything, like I tell my students, no-sell everything. Al kind of even no-sells. He's not like, oh, really? We can get our guys on there. Because Al knows our guys are just going to go up there to get beat, and then our fans see them as less than when I'm trying to build them 
as our own superstars. So Al absolutely has a valid point with the amount of hours of creative he invests in it. But everybody at OVW, no matter if we're a brotherhood and we we bleed, sweat, and, and cry and die together out there, you're still on your own team trying to get to the main roster, right? Whether you're the Outrunners or you're Hollywood, uh, Haley J, or uh, Cashflow, or uh, I can't remember the young lady that got signed. Her name, forgive me, uh, it's just escaped me off the top of my head. So it's uh, that game's always getting played. Now, your question is, will Tony capitalize off it? He'd be goddamn smart to, wouldn't he, to, to bring, the, bring them up there and have that and i was even going to bring that up to power today like should ovw like here's the here's the thing like they they worked that kentucky circuit really hard and then now places want them back and matt jones worked hard to get those shows kind of in these back uh towns down by uh lexington that you know usually ovw doesn't run past that but that's his territory and now you got a territory established so you can run it. But do you just want to keep running your guys in front of Kentucky? It's an interesting question because what needs to happen is OVW needs to be looked at like a UofL and a UK property that the state is proud of. And based if you can get to that status on that alone, you can survive and keep the doors open because then the place will be packed because of the fandom and the dedication, not just the wrestling fans, but because it's my old Kentucky home and now fits into that. And there is plenty of that there, but there's so many people passed out there in Lexington that don't really know or care because they wouldn't drive two hours, but they will turn and in, tune into the TV show. And then when the numbers go up, we can get more for our advertising, right? So that's one business proposition of how to do it. And I think what they're trying to do and what Matt Jones is trying to do because he is uh, a Kentucky guy through and through. And it's not a wrong proposition or a lesser than one. Here's another one. You just went global. People from Australia to, to Japan, to UK, to Canada and Mexico and all across America now know who OVW and what OVW is. And they didn't before. It was just a Kentucky, you know, developmental property for WWE that survived and has been through thick and thin and is still the best wrestling training grounds on the planet just based on who's there, who's around, and what you're getting from Al Snow, right? Or Rip or whoever, and Danny at the time. Or anybody they bring in there, you get a chance to work with Adam Revolver. <laughs> You're getting the the knowledge of Jim Cornette, Danny Davis, Al Snow, Paul Heyman, Rip Rogers, uh, countless others, Nick Dinsmore, um, Joey Mercury. All that is in Revolver. P plus a very analytical mind where he probably should have been a lawyer uh, because his dad was and so he was raised like that and now you combine that level of genius into all that wrestling knowledge that guy could run tony's whole show and i if he was here today i would tell him that but uh, apparently he's faving me so um but uh you know now that you have that global audience should you not say screw kentucky you could, you could keep your tv and whatnot but I think OVW, Matt Jones, needs to get the tour bus and the boys go, you want season two? It's OVW versus the world. And OVW comes to Immortal. They go to Canada. They go to Booker T's in 
Texas. They go to Hollywood out there, and you have Idle Stevens and all those guys out there. You go northwest. Uh, you could run. I mean, Chicago's only four hours away, and a lot of guys don't go work it because you have to get permission to work outside OVW. You take them to Florida, and then big thing culminates in Matt Jones got us a corporate sponsor, and we're all getting on the jet, and we're all going to Australia together, right? And OVW go versus the world. I think that's if you're talking about max value, it's not just about uh, staying in my my good my Kentucky home, you know, uh, and, and being out there and and making your yourself a global property. You're on Netflix now, and I, I got to be honest with you, I don't think they a lot of them expected or, or or could even imagine the feedback they're getting right now. Maybe a Mr. Pectacular can, you know, because he's, he's, he's done the mainstream stuff with Big Brother House and, and uh, done some mainstream uh, work where he's the spokesman for these shows because he just looks like <laughs> he could play Superman, you know, pretty much. Um, and, uh, and, and Matt Jones has all the savvy and media connections to start making that happen, but it's, I don't think they were ready for the onslaught of social media popularity and, and really what it means to be on a, a platform like Netflix. And I'm not saying I would. I'm really happy for Mahabali Shira and Cashflow and, and all of them. And, and really to see that, at the, I don't want to spoil it, but the final episode uh, with Al and, and Doug Basham in the ring, um, that's huge for those guys, man. Like Al's had, sure, a, a Hall of Fame-worthy career as a, as a comedic character, a hardcore guy, Job Squad, Leaf Cassidy, all that shit. But what re Al really should be there for is helping make so many properties from... Without Al Snow, there wouldn't be a Cody Rhodes at the level he's at. There wouldn't be Beth Phoenix, Serena Deeb, ODB. These are all as Sean Spears. You can you can go down the list uh, to, all the way to the outrunners to every to people you haven't heard of who are just as good a worker, and they're that's because of Al Snow's training and TV and teaching them how to do business long term on TV. So when Al Snow was trending the other day, I think that. No matter who you are, if you're 60 years old and you've been in this business 40 years, man, we're all addicts for it, right? And and that means spotlight. And when you're getting it for the right things, for not for yourself, but for what you've done for others, that's phenomenal uh, and, and, and selfless and just wanting to be a creative artist and tell your stories. And here's the chess pieces I have. You know, give me a tuber. I'm going to get something out of it for you. I'm an artist. Uh, that's, that's just what it, what it comes down to for Al. And, um, really what's his art is being in the ring. And then you see Matt Jones's reaction is only dealt with him on a creative way where Al no sells and gives you no emotion. I've, I've been on the short end of that a couple of times, but it's a learning experience if you accept it the right way. And, uh, and all of them are dealing with this now, which is celebrity, an overnight thing of being a world sensation. So let's not, let's not, why not go forward with that? How big can we take that? But sometimes when you're in the wrestling bubble, and believe me, there's one over Kentucky because I lived in it, it's hard to break out of that. But I think Matt Jones with this and with Netflix sponsors, right now is the time it's the iron's hot. You got to strike. Uh, while the iron's hot, right? So uh, 
let's craft something. Let's craft a sword that's real sharp and take it all over the place, man. And, and get that Lex Express, get that big corporate sponsorship. And you've already helped these kids live their dream through your investment in this way. Now let's capitalize and get season two OVW world tour. And off we go. And if that means Tony Khan going, Hey, Hey, Tony, this is what we want to do, buddy. Uh, I, I know I've, I've put this much in and I know you're losing money too, but I know you got it to lose. I play on this level. I play on the $100,000 level. Do you think you, you could take part of this company for 10% and give us three to $4 million to get where we want to go to do season two of this and, and really get a better Netflix contract. And so we can keep on this uh, production company that did chase you and cheer and all that, that really made this like, let's talk a bigger money deal. We did all the hard work, the sweat equity, the investment to get to that point. It's, it's hitting on Netflix for wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans alone and we've got these stars. Let's just not let it go by the wayside, you know? And really, Monster Factory could could use that rub, too, after their great series. There's so much opportunity here that it almost makes me go, <laughs> if I wasn't working 105, 110 hours a week, I'm on cannabis business to get out of the biz. This is what I'd love to see and say, and uh, would love to say it to Revolver, but uh, I'm getting kayfabed, uh, apparently. So um, I'm sure we'll cut it, and I'll send him this, and uh, and it'll be like, yeah, and that's it. And then Power always has some great punch up uh, from that even. but Or he'll shoot me down and be like, no, because this, this, this reason. And I'll be like, well, here's the way around it. So we always yes and or try to, man, but... Uh, I, Matt, that's a great question. I know that was like a 10-minute answer, but you, you opened uh, Pandora's box there of creativity of how do we capitalize on this now that we have this. We didn't realize this was going to go off like a nuke, and now it is, and, and what fallout can we actually have from this, man? Really great stuff. It's worth 38 strong. I see you guys out there in the chat room hanging and banging before Raw. Uh, absolutely appreciate you. Uh, you know, Monday locker room probably be released Tuesday because I'll still have to download, upload, or out and be up. Be probably be uploaded at eleven forty p.m. after Raw when I get back home uh, from doing what I got to do, uh, beating the shit out of referee sideburns. Uh, but Jade Cargill, good luck. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, think developmental is the way to go for. But if you pay big money like that. Um, then you're going to want her on the main roster. However, if the wrestling acumen isn't there yet, 100%, you got to protect her. You got to not have her wrestle. You got to ever do a happening, a run in, a choke slam bit, just looking strong. And then we really got to work on our match uh, to make sure everything is, is Trump tight when it comes to that. So, and I was going to say, too, paying her more because Tony did. Of course, she's not going to go backwards and accept a $60,000, $70,000 developmental deal when she was probably making close to three, four hundred k under Tony. And that's not the first time it happened, especially for a property that's deemed special that has money on them. Because when I was at OVW, uh, rumor was that Vladimir caught, well, let's say uh, I'll stooge it. Most guys were getting seven fifty to maybe $1,000 uh, a, a week, or I think it was, yeah, a week in pay. And uh, I had heard that Kozlov had uh, Jerry Jarrett do his deal and was making upwards almost five large. So, um, and that's smart. 
<laughs> that's just smart business. And I think with Vladimir Kozlov's background, if they said uh, you're going to hire him or else you, you'd fucking hire him and pay him what they told you because he's got some uh, connected friends uh, who, who may be uh, connected to uh, connections. <laughs> um, so get that money, sis. And I think she's got WWE written all over as soon as you saw her. It was. What does that mean for uh, AEW, though? Cody gone, her gone, uh, who's going to be out of the picture soon, um, you know, with how much, how many reps does Jericho have left and, and other uh, older properties, and that leaves all these young guys holding the bag. I hope they got a roadmap forward. Uh, it was stooge to me in the Hami Media Discussion Group via, and I'll throw him, I don't know him, but respect to him, but uh, on K100, Hugo Savinovich, somebody can check me on this in there, uh, said that, they only sold 750 seats for that Cincy show, and the other half were giveaways. There was only like 15, 1,600 people in the arena. Now, I don't know, but after saying you had 82,000 and then it comes out at 72,000, what are these lies or kayfabes we got to do? 72,000 is great, but when you say it's 82 and then it's not, now we got now 72 seems like you fucking liars. Like, why give them an in? Why give the peanut gallery an in? to do that stuff or to have your talent go be a mark for themselves and get a tattoo that's the wrong tattoo. Like, uh, uh, I just don't know. Good rib, though. You know, good rib all the way around on everybody. So uh, we'll see here. Uh, let me check the chat here. Uh, Medium 5 says, it was an excellent Goldberg Bret Hart video by Stevie. Great detail. It explains the situation with head injuries. I reposted as it hit home with you greatly. Yeah, man, I hope you're doing well with everything you got going on. And Stevie just dropped a 20-minute video on the importance and the, of the fundamentals of the lockup, which is very important. I can't wait to show to my students, uh, you know, to get that master class wrestling. And you guys can check it out right now on uh, <clears throat> Stevie Richards' wrestling analysis and also uh, even more extended content on patreon.com slash Stevie Richards. I know the sheets ran with his um, kind of what went wrong series on Nia Jax and the Ray Ripley finish. Uh, I mean, even the unsafety of the bonsai drop is one thing, but it never really even should have got to that point because Stevie nailed it uh, with the Samoan drop on the outside. That should have been it. Should have been a count out right there. And uh, Nia slides back in and faces off and then maybe gets a little something if you need to. But I, I say why overbook it, uh, let it settle, settle, and uh, really that should have been it. So everything that happened after that was egregious and didn't need to. And then even what happened didn't make sense and was dangerous of why you would put your top talent, Rhea Ripley, in that position to A, look weak, B, possibly get hurt, and then C, Nia's paintbrushing her afterwards where there's not going to be any get back, which is what a paintbrush spot is. Somebody does it to you and then they out wrestle you and get you back. So, and it takes away from the devastation of the Yokozuna bomb. So to, to paintbrush afterwards, now we're on to the next violent thing. So it was just like one head scratcher after another. So, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, William Alicia, MSG's posting that uh, they've only sold about half the tickets for Arthur Ashe Stadium. I mean, uh, tough times. Uh, you got to have uh, creative solutions here. Uh, I'm not sure where we go. I mean, I've got a couple ideas, but uh, Tony, I'd rather have him pay me for them instead of give them here on the way in the Monday locker room. 
of uh, how do you get, how do you make those moves to to get that stadium filled, and that means celebrity crossover, uh, some some definitely some interesting options of what needs to happen that way, uh, or pro, pro sports crossover. So. Uh, I, I think uh, it's uh, it's crazy days there, man. With with what happened with Punk and you know uh, Daniel Bryan going to be gone, Jade gone. Uh, like I said, who knows about Jericho and Jeff Hardy and uh, Sting and everybody else, pretty much. And, and now it's really time for the ex indie workers to carry the ball and try and be the draw. Well. They're not draws. That's why they were indie workers, even though as much as you've established them. So that means we have to do what Al Snow is doing because we have a great roster of chess pieces to work with. And we need to start telling long-term stories that actually mean something and not these ones that are based on, you used to be my friend and I'm not your friend anymore. We need to go back through uh, Greek texts. We need to go back through the Bible. We need to go through Shakespeare. We need to go through uh, our favorite comedies of the 90s, uh, nostalgia 90s stuff that worked then because that's what's back right now. So we play that trend uh, and really outline with the players we have what stories that have resonated through time, (laughs) you know, and been handed down from campfire stories all the way till now of betrayal, love, love lost, uh, hope, uh, and, and, uh, tyranny and, and start to paint those pictures on our product because that's the only way we're going to get anywhere. Uh, how about this? Another guy, another guy over here, Moxley, his doctor saying he's got arthritis of a 70 year old, you know, he's going to want to finish up WWE too. So what's going to happen with this mass exodus? And is it time for Tony to almost redo the product and gear down from trying to do these big arenas and make a traveling smaller show that is, you know, a, a, a wow factor with 3,000, like, because we're not even getting 3,000 people now. We're getting 1,500 in Cincy or 1,600, right? If that if those numbers were correct, then we can't fill the J-hook and then out come the embarrassing uh, pictures from hard camp side of how empty and uh, how means uh, tarped off they are from the Emporium. So why give them that? We need to book, let's go back to bingo halls if we need to and book the best bingo hall show we can and pack in 1,500 in a place that seats, you know, just, just that, 2,000, 3,000, make it a hot ticket and make it a more personable experience, ECW-wise, because otherwise you're going to have a hell of a time booking these big arenas just to say, see, we're just like WWE. Well, (laughs) got to be hemorrhaging money, man. Got to be hemorrhaging. I got to believe it. Uh, Elliot the Spaceman, good to see you too. Uh, I was fired up on Friday. I was fired up today, another tough day in, in the cannabis world. Some possible breaking news right on before this. I was on the card uh, holders meeting and, on a Zoom call, and there was 13 pages of to scroll through of people on that meeting and 12 per, people a page. So whatever that is, close to uh, uh, 156, is that right? Yeah, because 12 times 12 will be 144, so I had one more page, so 156. 156 people on one Zoom call meeting with their hands raised. And there's just a whole cast of characters that are involved with that. Some people, this one lawyer lady on there tonight, bro, she was on point on her game. 
because everybody's so anxiety ridden and insomnia and and wanting what was promised to us for our families where they said it was to build generational wealth and it's all being held up and really it's crushing it's doing the exact opposite it's going to make put people on generational welfare because people have invested their kids college fund and shit in this thinking this is going to be the way that we go from you know scratching and surviving hanging in a jiving uh ain't we lucky we got them card licenses uh to you know really saying why well, i did something for my grandkids and they all can go to harvard now you know and i, and I leveled up my family and, and they're they've destroyed that dream for a lot of people or they think they have so people are like we need to sue class action suit and this <laughs> this lawyer lady was on there tonight she goes where'd you go to law school and the guy goes, uh, I did. He goes, oh, she goes, okay, thanks. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like people like in America, that's just, like, I'll sue. And we do have grounds to, but a class action suit needs to be pe people with all the same problem. And that's not how this is. It's on a case by case basis. Cause some people were way more ahead than others in the process with a lot invested. However, we're all getting our throat stepped on. Some people, I couldn't imagine having, some people are on the line for a million dollars already and got to start paying that October 1st, $38,000 on the nut on that, bro. And there's nothing coming in. They've quit their job, they invested everything in this, and now you're going to owe 38K at the first of the month. What choice do you have? Like, imagine going to bed at night with that. That's that's a, that's real hard on a lot of people. 156 people out of 463 of us were on one Zoom call, and everybody's feeling the same anxiety and the same exhaustion. But a class action suit just sounds sexy because they saw it on fucking Better Call Saul. That really, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> and there's and there's some old school gangsters on there, bro, that are just like. It's like if uh, LAX showed up, uh, you know, to do to do business in character, bro. I'll, I'll leave it at that. They they wanted to bring some old school Latino and black gangsters into this shit, and now they got them. And then once you get them pissed off, how do you expect them to act? So me as a carny, I just kind of sit back and watch the promos. And some people, yeah, I'm not trying to Shoid and Freud laugh at their misery, but their character pops me. You know what I mean? So I appreciate. That Jay Hall, you guys definitely had my back on Friday night. I, I really uh, usually don't get plagued by mental problems uh, and issues too much. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to down anybody who, who suffers with that or, or it, it deals with it, but I'm only human too. And even my leadership skills break down. And thankfully, I got you guys and my partners to help lift me up. And we all need that at some time. So I, I thank I thank you guys for that. As I you know, it's not just being stonewalled every day you get up and you get your knuckles smashed on the ceiling. You know, that's just how it is. Uh, has been the last kind of eight weeks getting L after L after L after L looking for that W. So, uh, you know, you guys lifted me up, man, as I had a mini <laughs> nervous breakdown myself. Uh, but it's another day, baby. The Giants won. That almost gave me a goddamn heart attack. Um, Legal news regarding CM Punk following the termination by Tony Khan. Uh, let's see here. Uh, as previously noted, uh, AEW terminated the contract of CM Punk following his altercation. Uh, but uh, Tricky Nick uh, of House of Wrestling, CM says... Uh, 
probably stooge directly from CM Punk. CM Punk currently does not have uh, any litigation pending against AEW President Tony Khan following his termination. Housman explains the legal situation with the Punk. He says, from what I gather, uh, Larry told me, Punk is looking to avoid any further litigation to move on with his life. He was described to me as someone breathing a sigh of relief now that he's away from the day-to-day drama that seemed to follow him at AEW. We've not been able to gather when he, whether any pending legal action on AEW or Tony Khan's behalf towards Punk is pending, but things do seem to be quiet between the two sides. So, I don't know. I guess I heard after Brawl Out uh, that he signed an NDA and got paid more. <laughs> so, uh, that's probably why, I would say, uh, even though uh, Tricky Nick isn't putting it in there. Uh, and I think uh, that... Punk is stooging directly to Hausman and Cornette, uh, from what I've heard. So um, I, I would believe that to be true, that he, he doesn't have anything pending and he wants to get out and get away because he already not only shook him down for his contract, which he'll probably get the remaining even if he was fired with cause, um, but uh, that Tony Khan doesn't want bad PR and that his company is hurting right now. So let him go silently into the night, pay him out, because Tony's not going to stand up and try and cut the promo with Punk and cut his money. And I bet inside that NDA it had some language uh, that Punk probably had put in there that said, if this shit goes sour, I get to keep my money, and you don't say shit about me after that, and I won't say shit about you. But then not saying shit about anything isn't really Punk's bag, right? Because he was on some uh, undercard cage fight thing uh, doing commentary and I heard they were dropping all kinds of with cause and you know what I mean he's got time like all these little backhanded uh, shots at the office so what happens when Hangman and the Bucks and Omega or anybody sell for that and is Punk trying to get him to sell so he then can sue because maybe he's got something in his thing where he's the way he's got it written that he takes jabs back or, or you know, it's kind of unknown and they just got to sit there and take it and wonder, he says, I've got two months off, which is alluding to that. He's going to show up at survivor series in Chicago. You know, he's trying to get at him. He's trying to get at him and hurt him now. Like this is the passive aggressive nature of how this guy operates. I just listened to, Bobby Fish on K100, a guy I've worked uh, plenty of shows with. And, you know, uh, I, I think one of the best pro wrestlers who mixes in Muay Thai, mixed martial arts in a real way. I've seen a lot of guys do a lot of phony bullshit. Uh, and they might be good martial artists, but they don't know how to mix it in. But I told Bobby that before he even went to WWE. I was like, dude, the way you get your Muay Thai shit in is believable and it looks good and it's safe. Um, but he kind of outlies his uh, happenings with Punk the same way, and it's just the way he operates in a very passive-aggressive way and a very smile-on-your-face-and-make-moves-behind-your-back, which is the wrestling business, but does it for reasons that don't need to be done and will continue to sell back and forth. So it's interesting. But (laughs) he's probably walking away with $7 million and only had to work one year. Who's the asshole? Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever when it comes to. Uh, didn't like to see this one there, but um, El Hijo, Dave Ikingo, reportedly injured, left wheelchair bound at ROH tapings. 
Triple uh, A Mega Champ Ali Hode Vikingo has been dazzling and thrilling fans. All right, I don't need to read all this copy. We know what the fuck's up with this guy. Um, he refuses to tone down his own style. Vikingo has increasingly found himself dealing with injury issues after wrestling in Ring of Honor over the weekend. He may be back on the shelf with another injury, leaving him f- at far less than 100%. According to the Observer, he landed on his hip during a dive. Oh, I hurt just reading it. While tagging with Gravity and Metalik against uh, Angelico Serpentico and Tony Nice. Uh, the landing was rough enough that the concern on the scene was that Vikingo had broken his hip. God damn, dog. Uh, he would wind up in a wheelchair before the end of the night. The hope is Vikingo suffered a deep tissue bruise instead of any fractures, but at this point it's considered severe enough that Vikingo will likely miss significant time in the ring for the foreseeable future. Dude, devastator, bro. Um, he's, he was scheduled uh, to defend his title this Saturday against Commander at a AAA event in Mexico City. Well, K-Dog, yeah, you know, uh, I'm not the high flyer that Vikingo is, but uh, if you need me versus Commander, well, Destro's ready to go, baby. Go, bro, come on now. Um, yeah, man. We saw this guy do all the crazy shit, right? Smack his head on the edge of the apron. Jesus. I mean, he's a young cat, too, bro, and he doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones. And that floor does not flex, dude. And uh, I don't know. I'm not like, oh, I'd rather have a broken hip than a deep tissue bruise, to be honest with you. Once you fuck your back up in that sciatic and you just start getting dead spots, it's very hard to get them to come back. I got to say, after the last sports massage I had, um, I've had very little back pain compared to how I was almost all summer. Uh, the, the technician was very precise with it. She was right on it and Hey, didn't hurt that. She kind of looks like Angelina love. Like she could have been Angelina loves little sister, but the massage was so devastatingly painful. There was no time for, uh, you know, beautiful people thoughts, uh, getting the pigeons out or anything like that. But, uh, uh, she, she fixed my back, man. I, I haven't gone into a match like I did this weekend and really took no bumps. I haven't felt that good in, a, as, in maybe years, um, and I, I suffered for years with sciatic issue. And when my weight goes up, it really puts a, a pinch on those nerves. So I'm glad to not have it right now and hopefully keep that weight off until next week when I'm, uh, feeding my face in the Dominican, uh, <laughs> and all you can eat. Uh, but, uh, you know, once you get that injury, you just have dead spots in your walk, man. And, and to see a guy that young based on the risks he's taken and, and whatnot. I don't like I said, I don't want him to have a broken hip, but a deep bruise could end up being worse in the long run of pinching a nerve and then your shit doesn't even work anymore, man. But uh here's my advice. Stop doing stupid shit. As and I, I think the hammer would agree. <laughs> Learn how to work a Viking character if you need to, or or whatever it is, man. Because this shit is only gonna kill you, but it doesn't matter if it, I mean, and Darby Allen's all fucked up too, right? At a young age, doing the same shit. And you can tell them, tell them, tell them. And I tell my students this, there's only one way to learn the hard way. And <laughs> I'm trying to help save your spine. I'm trying to help make sure, brother, that you're not getting neck surgeries and possible paralysis or even dying in the ring and then fucking hurting the entire business and going, who let this fucking guy do this stuff? 
Well, the fans liked it. Oh, really? The fans liked it when he fucking did a, a code red off the top rope through a table to the fucking floor. They really needed it that much. And now the guy's paralyzed because as soon as that'll happen, they go, oh, man, just like draws and we'll all do the GoFundMe. And yeah, sure, money. <laughs> How about being able to fucking wiggle your toes? How about being able to walk, not have to wear a diaper the rest of your life? Like... <laughs> People are that that shows you how insane the 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 adrenaline from this shit is the the shot of uh, fight forever or oh my god or that was awesome that it will pump up egos to a level of physical self destruction that we will put our uh a, you know our spines on the line to be a paraplegic. Like, that's how far the sickness of this shit goes and how strong that dopamine hit really is, man. I mean, I'm not trying to down. Hey, to all the heroin addicts and crackheads out there, I'm not trying to talk bad about you. But you want a real drug? <laughs> you know, like, I, I get it. Opioids and that shit are super strong. But there's a stronger thing that runs even inside the body and mind that, of endorphins that, that this fucking art form can create. You, you ain't going to get no crackhead or heroin addict afterwards going, you know what? I just got to jump off a fucking roof through a table, you know? <laughs> no, there's nothing I want to do more, right? You do some H, I, you, from what I understand from the wire, you're pretty, your ass pretty much just falls out right there and passes out and gets a, a nice nap. If you wake up, more power to you. If you don't, well, um, but, but, but this fucking addiction, this performance addiction to pro wrestling, will drive people to do insane things and you still can't even tell him no matter if you got a deep he's got a deep hip bruise or a broken hip i guarantee that motherfucker in two years will be jumping off something else doing something stupid that's just the way it is and you, you can't protect them from themselves oh da, 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 da. what time we at 750 we'll give him five more minutes uh here i do want to send out uh you know this is uh a little bit more serious uh, and, and respect a guy that I've been able to, to start developing uh, a little bit more of a friendship with. And I think a guy who went through a lot at a young age too, and maybe it was too much too fast and we all need to grow up. And I think he has, I'm glad to see him back in America, but a, a tough weekend for a friend of HMG, uh, Rene Dupree, uh, on the passing of his father, Canadian wrestler and legend Emile Dupree, uh, passed away at 86 years old. And so he's lived quite a life, obviously. Uh, but I thank, uh, his entire family for, you know, making a business that, uh, the rest of us get to survive in and, uh, and, and live in and have a community in. And I know Renee's been open about his, his father's having dementia the past years, which, <laughs> You spend how many decades in the ring and probably how many chair shots and how many CTEs. Uh, there's probably things we want to forget, you know, but uh, dementia, I'm not trying to make light of it. That can be very tough for a family to go through. Uh, but even then, he would say when it came to wrestling or anything with the business, his dad would almost snap out of it and give him sage advice. <laughs> so even then, maybe wrestling is the conduit uh, inside the madness to, to, the, to be able to be sane for a minute. Mm, interesting concept and it's never easy to 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 lose a, a parent or anybody you're close to grandparent right but uh 86 years old is pretty goddamn nice run pal uh i tip my hat to you and i, I send my sympathy to you renee and uh and your entire family man 
I know, uh, you know, we all, we're all going to have to go through it. I was with, with, uh, the emperor today. He came over, man. And, uh, we were walking in Ace Hardware. I see my version of myself that looks like him of how I envision him. And then I see him, you know, pushing, uh, Jesus was 71. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, you don't have much time in the future it is coming and it comes so fast, you know, so, uh, but, uh, all my respect and, uh, and love to Renee and his family, man, from the, from the entire HMG, uh, crew and Russo brand crew. I love to see that we've been able to help do that crossover, grow his channel, provide more great content and, uh, and give, him a, a, a voice and a purpose uh, to, to build his brand as well. And now he's coming back to America. So he may be coming to a town near you soon. I know he's got stuff coming up with virtual signings and uh, in Philly at the end of the month and uh, be working some shows. So if you want La Resistance or you just want a good old French tickler yourself, I think Renee's available. I mean, uh, he may be off this week, obviously, to deal with uh, anything that he's got going on family-wise here with his father's uh, passing, though. Know? So, but uh, again, all the all of our sympathy and condolences, and uh, and thank you again for for being part of a family that made Can Canadian wrestling right. I'm sure from the hearts to everybody's it was uh, influenced uh, by him. Uh, but, um, Emile born Emile Gauguin, uh, the, the 20th of October, 1936 in his beloved town of Shediac, uh, New Brunswick. Uh, he began wrestling in the 1950s and wrestled many fellow wrestlers such as Dusty Rhodes, Killer Kowalski, Arnold Skoland, uh, Pat Patterson, classy Freddie Blassie, Rocky Johnson, Leo Burke, the Cuban assassin, and many others, as well as running his own grand Prix wrestling, uh, territory, which saw the likes of Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, Harley Race, Edge and Christian wrestled there. Before retiring, watching his son Renee carry on his legacy by becoming a multi-time champion in WWE in Japan, he'll also be remembered as one of the great wrestlers and promoters from the territory days, and also beloved husband, father, and grandfather, uh, Red uh, James, as Instagram post co-host of Cafe de Renee. Um, well, uh, uh, yeah, a great... Uh, a great career, absolutely. I mean, look at all those legends, man, that uh, were able to entertain fans and uh, people he was in the ring with. So uh, really just a, a, a walking uh, piece of history of wrestling there, man. So, uh, And I'm sure Renee will have plenty of stories from uh, when he was a little guy, you know, to, to look back that because when these things happen, you know, you get a, a perspective and retrospective of your life, the things that might have just passed by. But, you know, think of Renee as a, as a little five-year-old kid around Ric Flair, Andre the Giant, and Randy Savage. What a what an incredible life uh, that was alone, let alone for his dad to work all those other legends as well. So, uh, yeah, we're getting through it. Uh, and then the, Stevie and I talked about this, so I'll just briefly uh, bring it up and mention it. Uh, you know, Kevin Nash issues a response to LA Knight making fun of him during the SmackDown promo. And I thought it was just like a small backhanded thing, and I didn't think it was even that good. We talked about this in a Friday locker room. Um, but uh, this is what uh, Nash says. Uh, you know, he buries him about taking 29 years to get over and clear plans. He figures he's just the rocker, Steve, and he's been gone long enough, so he'd just do their shit. He says, I hear, I see uh, what's, uh, he's up for new contracts. He says, so this is interesting. This is classic click shit right here, if this is true, right? 
Uh, so I called Triple H. I said, what's the deal with this? You know, because early it said that you, you know, negotiations are going great. And all of a sudden it seemed like there was a hitch. Paul told me, he goes, I didn't understand why this kid, and I use that term lightly, uh, I said, why do you mean? He goes, kid, the guy's my age, I said. I don't think he's quite your age. Uh, he's pretty damn close. I said, are you more worried about the fact that his fan appeal will recede as fast as his hairline is? Is that something you're worried about? Is it bad enough, like I said, unless you're just a knob gobbler? Uh, there's no way you would pick those sunglasses, a pair of sunglasses that you want to wear. Paul said, we're so far apart because the only way I'll sign this guy is on a nostalgia act. I said, you mean like me, like uh, Beyond Legends? He goes, yeah, well, he's doing their shit. I can't give him the same pay as guys that are going out there and doing original shit. Now, I have to listen to this because I'm just reading it, and I may be bastardizing it, so I don't know if this is Nash ribbing and making up that he ca called Paul, and he's like, ripping it out there you know what i mean or did he really call paul and is that what triple h would say and nash stooge that now again i'm not, i'm out of context here so i gotta listen to it but i wouldn't put it out beyond the click to do that and then it's interesting would triple h really say that is that where the politics stuff comes from because you'd think triple h being an nxt guy that's where la knight got over uh, you know, I, I, I thought uh, that it's interesting that Nash would stooge game if he was burying him about doing the other guy's shit. Now, here's the problem. That's one thing. Why doesn't <laughs> on camera L.A. Knight should be going right at Nash, calling him out and creating controversy just the way Stone Cold did with Bischoff in ECW? You know, like that, that stirred the shit of when they were talking and then bring Nash in and do some real shooty attitude era business, man. And then the other thing is if he's supposed to be a stone cold and rock ripoff, well, goddamn pal, we just had the rock here. Why wouldn't we have the rock? Hey, I like what you got going on. You remind me of somebody do something tongue in cheek that way. And, uh, and, and a stone cold, yeah, hell yeah. Like Miz was trying to rip, rip, uh, rip him off and do it or, you know, make him look bad. But what if the rock passes the people's elbow onto him or something along those lines and actually gives him the rub. And that's the F you and Nash's face. Cause the rock cut the big promo on Nash and the click. And he still got heat with him so much heat that he cut Shawn Michaels out of his goddamn TV show and replaced him with a black guy. So interesting stuff here but everybody's dancing around it and just talking a little shit on their podcast instead of there's box office here there was an opportunity to rub <laughs> la night using the rock and we didn't do that there's opportunity with nash here and nash is obviously talking that shit is la night just going to make some little veiled reference to an impact promo so the sheets can go oh he was talking no dude it's time to bang 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 right back at him and that's going to equal ratings that might actually bring your nwo fans back in that might sell some more for life shirts briz so i don't know why we're tiptoeing through the tulips here trying to act like little kids talking shit about hairlines or what have you or who's on gas or who's not or who's needs a legends contract because they're ripping somebody off yeah it's all right there why aren't you saying it in the ring what are you embarrassed about so 
Uh, I think this is far from over, and I'd like to see this go from, it's not even really a cold war, I mean a hot war. Can Nash go? Can we pay off the heat? That's the first thing. And even even uh, is this a work? Because Stevie, uh, when we talked about this, of like, what does L.A. Knight need? He needs his Mr. McMahon. Is the click his Mr. McMahon? Can we work it to look like old school click politics with Sean and and game and Kevin Nash working together to try and keep this guy down because he's doing attitude era shit. And then we give him the actual rub from Stone Cold and The Rock because those guys got fucked over by him in the past. And yeah, this guy might be doing an impersonation, but if they say, I'm fine with it, yeah, and we fucking go forward with it, now we're doing something. So everybody is either working together or they're actually being bitches and going back and forth together. Uh, I don't know. You decide. You let us know here. Uh, as I got to wrap things up, you guys, because I got to go watch Raw so I can review Raw tomorrow for you guys with Vince and Stevie and do Master Shoot Theater as well. Uh, and I got to put heat on Adam Revolver because I wanted this whole show to be about him and to talk about him because I'm so proud of him and, uh, and, and hopefully motivate him. But hopefully maybe we can get him on Friday Locker Room. We'll see. We'll keep trying. And I'd like to have more people from OV, the OVW series, uh, um, including Matt Jones and and and, uh, and Cashflow and, and anybody really who, who was uh, highlighted in there, and Al as well, uh, just to tell him how much I appreciate the knowledge and time that he gave me and uh, and to keep things going and, and to say uh, how proud I am to be a part uh, of OVW and cut my teeth there and, and now to see everybody shining so brightly that he kept the doors open. So uh, watch that series, you guys. Keep sharing it. And uh, y'all, uh, thank you very much uh, for for hanging with us here on the Monday Locker Room late night. It'll be up hopefully before midnight, but uh, the live chat was, was great. So uh, y'all, uh, infidels, I'm coming for revenge. I'm getting my tag titles back, and there's nothing any of you morons can do about it. If you're not Caucasian, uh, then leave. Mark Henry. Was